Hello, and welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, the podcast that shows up when it feels like. <laughs> it's been a long time, uh, I think over a year, uh, but we have Zach Miller from the Frozen North here. That's right. Last time we were on, uh, I was on the show. You were distracting me from a very stressful night. Very good. I don't recall the details, but that's a good thing. Well, uh, let's see here. Uh, it's the usual drill. Five games, uh, three songs per game. Your job as the listener is to figure it out. We sort of help you with a hint question. Sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. But the idea being, <laughs> if you already know it, it's some extra thing to think about. If you don't, it might tease out what game that might be. Um, Zach only knows one of the games. So uh, for the most part, he will be playing along. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. All right, let's get going. I don't think that's my game. <laughs> no, it is not the game you picked, no. <laughs> yeah. I like it, though. Very bum-bum-bum. Yeah, it has kind of a march feel to it there. Yeah. Thank you. 
Here's your hint question, Zach. Okay. <clears throat> the villain of this game shares his name with which genus of flower? Oh. I thought you'd appreciate the phrasing of that question. Yes. Apologize for not letting that song loop. It's uh, just the official recording of this uh, doesn't repeat for some reason. Oh, okay. it's kind of weird. That sounded like a boss fight. Yeah. It was. Um, so when you said uh, uh, plant genus, <clears throat> I'm I'm not much of a, a botanist, but uh, I was trying to remember if the final boss of. Uh, um, Triple Deluxe was a plant. It was either a plant or an insect. I think it was a plant because you were climbing a, a big tree or a big vine the whole time in that game. I'm going to say Triple Del- Kirby Triple Deluxe. Uh, no, that's not what game this is. The villain isn't actually a plant. His name He's named after a plant. Um, oh, okay. But uh, this is Blossom Tales the Sleeping King for the Switch. It uh, came out oh. a couple of months ago. Um and uh, it's, uh, I mean, I, I think the way I phrased it when I, I was tweeting a little bit about this before, um, it, it really wears its uh, on, on its sleeve that it's uh, it, it's clearly aping uh, Zelda and specifically linked to the past. Um, oh, okay. It, it's, if, if that's what you're looking for, that this is this is a game that is very much uh, homage to that game. I mean, almost to a fault. Um, but is it, it, it's quality it, homage. It is. It, it's, I'd say it's a good game. Uh, it could have been a great game. I'd say it's a good game. Uh, maybe like an eight out of ten kind of kind of a thing from me. Um, I, I think it does a lot of things well. The the visuals are very polished. The controls are, are quite good. Um, a lot of care went into the game, um, but it, it does have a little bit of that like you know fan game feel to it. There's just a little bit of there are a few things here and there that just feel like you know some polish maybe. Um, getting an outside consultant, maybe they did, but it feels like getting getting some external inputs uh, could have really made this a really good game. Um, okay. And, and I mean, I'll, I guess I'll give you a, a couple examples. I mean, that you know, the 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 premise of the game is that um, like a grandpa is telling a story to his kids, and like right up front, like in the first like two minutes, of the, say, oh, have I ever told you about the little elf boy from High? Uh, yeah, yeah, a million times. So it's like basically, it's like, the premise is sort of like the grandpa is telling a story that's kind of like Zelda, but it's a little different, and um, you know, it's sort of implied he's kind of making it up as he goes a little bit. 
Okay. Um, so I, I like the general premise. I, I like that, but you know, the writing is such that sometimes it changes tenses in weird spots, and it's like, okay, that, that just makes it awkward. And you should just pick oh. one tense and stick with it. And, yeah. You know, there, there are little things like that that is you know, made it feel a little rough around the edges. Um, similarly, um, <clears throat> the boss fights are a little bit unbalanced. I found some to be really easy and some to drag on. Um, and there was one in particular. I just I felt like it hit a wall. I almost stopped playing. And uh, oh. when I beat it, it's like I don't. I think I must have been like one or two hits away from beating him every time. I'm not really sure what I did differently this time. You know, I, I kind of had that same feeling when I was playing uh, uh, Metroid, um, the most recent one, the, the one Samus for 3DS, Return. Samus Returns. Yeah, I kind of had a stupid similar. with the stupid robot. I wasn't thinking about that one. But that is a good example of what I'm talking about. Um, pretty much every boss I felt that way in that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do go on a bit long. They're too long. Yeah, this game isn't quite as bad in that sense. I, I just feel like it's a little bit unbalanced. Like I said, I, I feel like I hit a wall and an arbitrary mini boss that, for me at least, was the hardest boss in the game. Um, uh, I mean, uh, other little things like um, like consumable items. You consume them, and even if you die, that item remains consumed. Uh, which oh. I, I really maybe that was a design choice that they intentionally did I, I think it's a really bad design choice personally because uh, you know I fight a boss and, it, and I you know use three health potions and still lost and now I don't have those health potions to fight him again I just yeah. I, I, to what, I mean is this really intended to be that hard a game I don't think so so I I don't know. I, so there are little things like that. I mean, also some red, green, colorblind issues. Not not serious ones, but for, for me, there were a couple of UI type things. I don't think it says what the item is when you're highlighted in text. So, um, like, I, oh. okay, there's a red potion and a green potion. I'm struggling to tell which one's which. They don't really. They may mention the very first time I got one of these what it was, but you know, just little things like that that just. I think it just comes from maybe you know maybe they're a newer team, younger set of you know younger team and. Because they're very, I mean, they did a really good job given, uh, you know, that they seem to be new at doing this stuff. I'm, I'm not throwing stones, really. I'm just, right. I just wish they had gotten some external help just kind of as a, as a proof editor of, of sorts for, for the game. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like they need. Somebody just say, hey, why isn't this and this? <clears throat> yeah, and, and like I said, maybe they did, and I'm just weird. But uh, those things stood out to me, and they stood out because... <laughs> Otherwise, the game's really good. You know, it's a lot of fun to play. If, you, if you're a fan of Zelda: Link to the Past, this this game's you know right up your alley. Um, it, it's uh, it's about the same length as maybe like the first part where you're in, in the light world. Uh, okay. It's like basically three real dungeons plus final dungeon. Um, so it, it kind of has that structure of similar to like the Three Talisman, and and then uh, you know you, you fight. Uh, the, the wizard it's very similar in that sense okay. um, in fact very very similar because the you know the, the big bad is, is a wizard um, so <laughs> so yeah they're, they're they aren't shy about the fact that this is very similar to to, to Zelda and specifically Zelda Link to the past I mean they got a bunch of you know optional um, items you can get um, and, and, and you know one of them acts very similar to you know like the, the earthquake thing from link to the past and you can get a shovel and I mean it, it just oh, okay. it, it it isn't shy about it. It's it's not you know hiding this fact, right? It it, it, it is that's what it fine. is. That's fine. I, I like games that are you know homages like that. You can really tell uh, the people who make them obviously have a lot of 
love for the source material. Oh, absolutely, and, and you can tell there's a lot of love in this game, and, and so I, I I do recommend it. I don't I don't remember how much it, it, the going rate is, maybe twenty bucks, and you know it's not a it's not a bad price if you're really yeah. interested. Get it? If, it'll probably go on sale at some point. Uh, I definitely would recommend it if it's a decent sale. Um, I mean, but I wasn't like I didn't feel like oh man I didn't get my money's worth. It's good, and, and I didn't. You know, they do have, like, you know, the pieces of heart, and there, there are certainly things I did not do that if I wanted to, you know, 100% this game, uh, there's more meat on the bones. So, nice. um, you know, it, it, it's a good game. I mean, it, it tends to repeat some of the, its ideas a little bit too much, again, um, but it, it's not, like, totally the same usually. It's usually a slightly different riff on the same kind of puzzles, so it, it's not bad. I mean, it... it I'm not going to say it's the best Zelda dungeon design. It's, it's relatively linear dungeon design, and there are other quirks there, but but it's still fun. I mean, the the basic mechanics are, are great. The, you know, it, there's enough character to the you know overworld, and you know the non-player characters you interact with. So it, it, it's a pretty good game. Like I said, not not like not like my favorite game of the genre or anything, but it, you know it, it's good. Yeah. And, and, well, uh, so what was the boss's name? The boss's name is Crocus. Um, Crocus. Okay. Yeah, so uh, he's, uh, I think, the, I think he's like the brother of the king. He's trying to usurp the throne, basically. So. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's uh, that's that's what that's all about. So check it out. the uh, The composer was uh, Visiger. Visiger. I, I, I don't. I didn't recognize. That's that's the kind of the handle the composer goes by. Um, but, oh, okay. Uh, like Vert. Yeah, it's kind of like Vert. I, I don't remember. Um, uh, the composer's actual name, I, but I'm sure if you you can buy it on you know the soundtrack on Bandcamp, and I'm sure you can find the composer's webpage through that as well. So yeah. um, if you're interested, check that out. Um, you'll probably be hearing more uh, soundtracks uh, <laughs> from this composer in the future because it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. Nice. All right, we're gonna go on to the next game, which is also one you do not know, Zach. I'm. Mm. I'll be impressed if you get this one. <laughs> I will be too.
jamming. Yeah, that was an interesting piece. That I don't is that like a, a jaw harp or something? I, I don't know what that yeah, instrument's that called. Yeah, that twang twang musical yeah. instrument. I have, I don't hear that in games very often. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty distinctive. Here is your hint question. Okay. Okay. The, the hero of this game was adopted by a family of animals of which different species? Interesting. I don't know, I went on the whole species thing for the first couple of questions here. (laughs) (laughs) Why not?
Okay, Zach, that was the third song. And you were, an interesting one, too. You're out of time. <laughs> what, uh, what game do you think this might be? Uh, oh, Lord, you know, it, it, it's got to take place in Australia. Because the twangy instrument, and I feel like that was some didgeridoo stuff in the third song. Um, but the only game I, I know of with that kind of music is uh, Rayman uh, Legends and um, the other one, uh, Origins. And this is not either of those. So I, I couldn't tell you, but I'll take a jump at the question. Kangaroos? I know, it's a bilby. Whatever a bilby is, it's like a oh, little, bilby. little bilby. That's a, a little tiny kangaroo, like a little mouse kangaroo, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like a long snout. I was, I was close. Yeah, um, <laughs> you probably just didn't even think of this game, or maybe you've not even never even heard of it. It's a GameCube game or GameCube era game that also came out on GameCube. It's called Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. Oh, um, I have heard of that. I, I'm picturing him right now. Yeah, it's an old uh, platformer series that uh, was of the GameCube Xbox, original Xbox era, and uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever actually played this game or not. It's the sort of thing that I feel like if I had played, I probably would have liked, but I just never played it. it, it it's uh, probably skews more on the easy side. It, it seems like it's maybe going more for like the Spyro type demographic, but uh, it had some. Uh, you know, it was a more unique game at the time. I mean, it was pretty novel to have a. A very Australian-themed uh, game like that that wasn't like super yeah. tongue-in-cheek. I mean, it was it was Australian developers, and um, although <laughs> I think as one reviewer I was reading reading an old review, like it's like a walking stereotype of you know, Australian movies as the hero, but all the other supporting <laughs> cast, uh, you know, they, they seem pretty well voiced and not you know caricatures really. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of has a little bit of a banjo kazooie feel in that sense, maybe maybe not quite as kooky. Um, you know, it's pretty basic stuff. You know, it's collectathon, very much of that era. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's a sort of game that if if they uh, re-released it, I'd probably check it out on Switch. I would too. But you know that that era, that whole you know GameCube, Xbox One, um, PS2 era, that was filled with mascot platforms oh, yeah. that never went anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the last hurrah for the mascot platformer. I mean. It, I don't, I don't know where this genre is going. I, I guess sort of the Lego games are probably where the closest thing you, I can think of. Yeah, that's for, probably for these right. now. I mean, but well, you know, a lot of the, a lot of that market essentially, I, I imagine went over to, you know, games on iPhones and the like, yeah, uh, for, for youngish true. kids. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't liken this to Mario Sunshine or Mario Galaxy because I don't think it's skewing to, you know, those games actually are pretty difficult. I don't get the impression this yeah. game is really that hard it's it's really targeted at younger audiences and that yeah. um, I'm not saying younger kids can't play those games it's just it's not really pandering or skewed towards them right, uh, right. I'm, I'm all for giving five year olds really tough games if they want to play it because those are good games so yeah yeah um, uh, there should be there should be platformers like that for every skill level though that's why I like those uh, yeah those mascot platformers absolutely and, and this game I, mean, I, I think it got kind of middling was I, I it seems pretty attractive to me. I mean, I watched a little bit of a, you know, a long play of it, and it, I don't know. It seems pretty interesting, and and uh, you know, the environments were, were kind of going for a semi-naturalistic view. So, I mean, given the limitations of the platform, but if you know, if they gave it a real fresh coat of paint, well, I got, I bet it could look really good on a modern platform. I, I think the developer's still around. I, I don't, 
I think it's uh, so you never know. I mean, I think they maybe ported like the fourth game in the series to PC or something. But oh, um, okay, so it went on and on. That's good. Well, yeah, I think there were like four games in the series. I don't know nice. when the most recent one was actually developed, but uh, um, yeah. So uh, that's something that I, I you know, I'm not gonna see a virtual console type thing. But hey, I think they just like announced like a like the Crash Bandicoot originals are like being <laughs> released. Right. And, so I mean, I, I guess this is sort of. I mean, if that's hugely successful who knows maybe this whole uh you know this doesn't have that same nostalgia power i don't think but i mean it's kind of of a similar ilk so yeah um if if uh, that crash uh uh three in one pack uh, does well who knows we might we might see a re-release of this that'd be cool uh I, i'm trying to be a little better about the names of the composers i, I i'm very bad historically about doing that uh i've my understanding is that this game was composed by George George Star Stamatiadis. I, think, I don't know how to pronounce that name. It's, it's long. Stamatiadis. Um, anyway, uh, good stuff. I, I, like you said, it, it's not the kind of music you usually hear in in video games. So it, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah.
I guess that's pleasant music. I I don't know. Yeah, pleasant. Pleasant yeah. feels like feels like in a house music. <laughs> <laughs> or a like, shop. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah.
I like all the sliding in that one. Yeah, that's cool. All right, here's your hint question. Okay. According to this game's backstory, the two apprentices caused their mentor to put what substance on his shoe instead of shoe polish? Hmm. Okay. Uh, no, and I don't know if this uh, backstory is part of the game itself or it's kind of in, in the manual. Um, so I'll, I'll just caveat that as well. This is based on internet research. There you go. Which is may not be reliable. This was a listener request, but uh, before I reveal the game, Zach, do you by any chance know it? That was a a host of cute tunes. I liked all of those, but I could not tell you what game this is. (laughs) Yeah, I I I wouldn't be able to either if I were in your shoes. Um, This game is called Trottlers or Trottlers. I'm not sure which way to pronounce the game's title. Okay. is requested by Matt Malice, and uh, he had a nice write-up. I, I figured I'll just read what he wrote for giving a synopsis of the game because it's better than what I could do. So it's a, he says, uh, uh, Trottlers is a puzzle platformer that plays sort of like a cross between Lemmings and Solomon's Key. You need to lead little creatures called Trottlers to the, to the exit by placing and removing special blocks from the stage. Numerous traps await the trottlers, including zombie trottlers that explode upon contact with normal type. In some levels, the goal will be to kill these zombie trottlers or gather special gems from around the stage instead. Uh, the game also features a, a, a versus, parenthetically war, and co-op, known as team mode, uh, with unique sets of levels, which I enjoyed playing with my friends back in the day. So... Mm-hmm. It seems like a really interesting game. It, it, it also kind of reminded me of uh, kind of the, the um, Mario Mini, DK versus Mario, or March of the Mini type 
type games, oh, yeah. um, that, which I think are kind of in the same genre. Uh, it also a little bit reminded me uh, watching some videos of Krusty's uh, Funhouse, which may be an unfair comparison because that game was really janky, and I don't think this game looks nearly janky. But okay. the basic concept of you, you can pick up and, and place uh, blocks to get uh, little creatures to kind of roam across the stage at your bidding is, I mean, that that's right up. Very, very similar concept again. Um, Apparently, the game also used the allowed you to use the SNES mouse. Um, oh! But I'm not sure that would have been a good way to play it. I was reading the control scheme for that, and it's like uh, you only got two buttons, right? So you have to be able to lift in place and jump and jump on. So it's like they had to like cause you to like double click with both buttons at the same time to do a command. Uh, gotcha. I just I, that would not yeah. Be right. It seemed like I mean it, was, it seemed like on paper it was a good idea. I'm not sure. Uh, it would actually be better played that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this game was originally released for the Amiga, but I, I think it came out for SNES shortly thereafter. Oh, um, okay. And like I said, I don't know if like the, there's a large introductory sequence that gives the text of, of this backstory or whether this is just something off Wikipedia that was from a instruction booklet. I'm not even sure that the instruction booklet uh, uh, wouldn't have been edited for other regions other than England because... Uh, well, the substance that uh, the mentor puts on there instead of uh, shoe polish, which pisses him off so much that he punishes his his apprentices, going back to the wizardry thing again, is Marmite. What is that? Uh, it's like Vegemite, if, if you know what that is. They're very oh, I similar. Do, yeah, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. So, so Marmite is, I think, like the, the UK... I don't know if it's the original, but it's, it's it's the UK thing that Vegemite is the equivalent in, in Australia. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So so it's like I wonder if that was like changed for uh, other regions, but maybe not. It's kind of a quirky story. Maybe they just left it that way. I don't know. It'd be pretty funny if it wasn't actually. <laughs> yeah. Like what the heck's Marmite? Uh, especially back in like 1993, right? I was like, <laughs> like now you might be able to look it up online, but back then. That's right. Yeah. Um, back then, maybe not. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, and that's about it. It seems like a neat game, um, but uh, yeah, very much like March of the Minis, things like that. Uh, I don't know. There aren't that many games these days that are come out. It's, it's kind of a dying. Yeah, I was gonna say that's you don't really see any of those uh, those kinds of games anymore. Yeah, I play. I remember trying to play Krusty's Funhouse on the Super Nintendo way back in the day and finding it virtually impossible. Yeah, I think. Uh, I actually think I own that game, and I think he got through like maybe the first two worlds, and after that it just gets way harder. Did like, anyone like play test this thing? Because <laughs> it seemed like it got like impossible pretty darn quickly, and, and there were lots of worlds left. So maybe I'm just really dumb. I wasn't able to figure out the puzzles, but um, I mean, they, I just felt like I mean it was impossible after like the first eighth of the game. Yeah, I've never been good at those micromanagement kind of games myself. Anyway, that's part of it. Well, it's that, plus there is a little bit of janky combat in the game, too, which can also screw you over. Um, so, yeah, not, not a fun game, in spite of the name. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, next game, and th- this is your request. Oh, okay. Just not going to leave you in suspense there. <laughs>
Something about the chord progression in that song I really like. I can't quite place it, but it, it, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, really catchy. Most of the tunes in this game are pretty catchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, di- I, I was bad, Zach. I, I didn't mention the name of the composer, I think, of the, the last oh. game. So uh, the composer was Alistair Brimble for Trottlers. Trottlers? Trottlers? Trot- okay. I don't know. A lot of these composers have weird names tonight. Yes, well... <laughs> People have weird names, Zach. They do. They do. I suppose I should let you uh, read your question, but I probably need to reproduce it here for you. So give me a second. Okay. All right, folks. So in addition to the traditional fire, electrical, and ice elements, this game introduces a unique fourth. What is it?
Well, Zach, why don't you reveal uh, what game this is? This is Mercenary Kings Reloaded Edition for the Switch and every other platform on Earth. Well, the re- so the Reloaded Edition, was that like a just sort of a, a deluxe version of a game that came out earlier? Correct. I, I guess the Mercenary Kings period just came out uh, on PS4 and maybe Steam for uh, back in 2014. Uh, so an, an early PS4 game, uh, but they, and it was kickstarted, which was interesting to me. Uh, but they redid it, uh, or they added a whole bunch of stuff, and it released on Switch and Xbox One, and people who already had it on PS4 just had to update it. Oh, and it's cool. on Steam too. Yeah, and it's, uh, oh my gosh, I, I love this game. It's um, the closest... The closest comparison I can make is, uh, or to how this game hit me, was I'd never heard of Shovel Knight uh, when I reviewed that, and I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar. Um, this game's very similar. I think I like this more than Shovel Knight. Uh, but uh, it's a kind of a Mega Man-y, um, uh, mission-based game where, you know, you go through these big environments that'll say rescue eight hostages or, you know, kill this robot or gather so many materials. And, you know, you have supplies like first aid kits and grenades and C4. Uh, and it's, it's kind of, I think, meant to be played multiplayer. It supports uh, four-player co-op, but also uh, up to four players online. But I've I've played the whole thing solo with no problem. So, so some people, well, I, I was reading online. Some some places are likening it to like a Monster Hunter game almost. I, I don't. I have never played Monster Hunter, so I. I, I yeah, have, it's. I mean, it's, it's it, that. The, the other comparison I hear a lot is uh, Metal Slug, because it looks like Metal Slug, but it doesn't play at all like that. The Monster Hunter comparison comes from sometimes, if it's taking you a really long time to kill a boss. He'll leave and go somewhere else. Oh, but, but there's also more of a mission. Like you said, it's more mission-based. It's not like the oh, level right, is the mission linear. thing with the gathering. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And a lot of loot. There's a lot of loot which you use to craft new weapon parts or uh, uh, mods for your your character, like a speed boost or a you know more damage um, and knives. There there are like a million knives. And they're all ridiculous. Uh, there's like a giant fish that you hit enemies with, or a chainsaw, <laughs> or a lightsaber, or, you know, a gigantic scepter that a king would use. Really ridiculous stuff. The whole game is tongue-in-cheek. Is there an ending to it, or is it just the sort of... Is it just going for... Oh, no, there... You, you pick it up and play it with friends, or just play it when you feel like... There of... absolutely is an ending. Um, uh, there's a storyline that goes through the whole thing. Um, it's these... This paramilitary group called the Mercenary Kings are hired to take out uh, uh, the Dangerous Claw organization, um, Inspector Gadget not included. And <laughs> exactly, and uh, <laughs> and their their boss, the Baron something, I forget his name, but he's 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 a cut up, and uh, uh, you know you just the the plot gets thicker as the game goes on and. And the bosses get more ridiculous, and it's it's a really fun game. 
it sounds like it's a lot of fun, and the music's really good. I mean, it, it is. It, it, I mean, it's sort of it, NES with like I, don't know, I guess just they added an electric bass bass line and drums yeah. and stuff. So I mean, it, it's pretty straightforward, but it works really well, and it's clearly in the style of old, you know, Konami and, and Capcom action games like that of, of that's the a, NES yeah, Konami is uh, a good comparison. This feels a lot like an old Konami game. It's re- it's really good, and that third piece you play—that's my favorite song in the whole game. You know, it just keeps it keeps changing. You know, it keeps going on, but it's not repeating itself. It goes through like four different distinct phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the composer was uh, Patrice Borgo. 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 Okay. Borgo. Right? I'm She's bad good. at reading names. <laughs> this, this is a French name. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, so. So forgive me. Uh, and again, this soundtrack is available on Bandcamp. Uh, you can check oh, it out really? there. Yeah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Great, great game. I mean, I wish there was a demo, but I, I don't even think it's that expensive. It, it might be 20 bucks. And I've gotten... I, I mean, I'm replaying every mission in the game to beat the, beat the best time. Because now, now I have the you know really good equipment that lets me blow through missions. And... Uh, and in fact, I, I will say that the the last chapter in the game, the last set of missions, it's a victory lap. It's like, you did the hard stuff, now go have some fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love it when games do that. Empowerment. Exactly. So you mentioned in your question that there was a unique fourth element. What is right. that element? It's uh, acid, caustic. Uh, so uh, electric weapons work electric ammo works well on robots uh ice works well on uh heat-based enemies uh fire works well on ice-based enemies and then caustic works well on almost anything uh almost everything is distinctly weak to caustic so once you get a good gun that has good caustic ammo because there's like a million kinds of ammo too uh you blow through it it's when you find like the right weapon combo. Oh, oh, so feels so good. Cool. Yeah. Just don't get it in your eyes. No, no, that would be bad. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one last game here. So. All right. Have fun.
Kind of a spooky first song. Yeah. all the action songs lots of action in this episode yeah so here's your question okay in this game you can ride one of two dinosaurs (gasps) gasp one is the obligatory tyrannosaurus rex but what is the other type of dinosaur oh my gosh i know what this movie is movie game i think
right, Zach, sounds like you have a pretty good idea what game this is. What do you think it is? Well, I had a good idea until I realized that the music's really way too good for the NES. Uh, and I don't think the character in that game rode a T-Rex. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Super Adventure Island. Ah, no, this is... It's a game called Dino City, Dino uh, which City. It, which is based on a movie, which is why I thought maybe you're going to get this one. Um, yeah, I guess there's a there was like a direct TV movie uh, called Adventures in Dino City. Um, huh. That uh, I had no idea what it was until I, I watched a little bit of it, just trying to figure out what the heck they were talking about. I'm like, oh, I remember seeing this on TV as a kid. Oh, okay. Um, so, so this is a, a, a Japanese game based on a direct-to-TV American film. Uh, go figure. Uh, <laughs> oh my called, gosh, I remember seeing this. Yeah, so yes. it's, it's called Dino City, and it, it's the video game seems much more colorful and happier than uh, what I recall as being a fairly bleak uh, uh, set piece. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the promise is uh, two kids get sucked into some fictional dinosaur world when they turn on their dad's lab experiment slash television. Oh. And um, I don't know. I guess that promise is taken from the, t- the, the TV movie. Um, anyway, uh, you can play as as uh, the boy who has a T Rex companion, or as the girl who has a well. I, it's, it's looking like some kind of mutant protoceratops or so, so, triceratops thing. Yeah, so, so, so the Wikipedia page for the SNES game says it's a protoceratops. It, the description I found of the TV movie says the character is a triceratops. So uh, if, you got, you, if you said either of those, uh, you got it correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so you know, it's a platformer. It's pretty colorful. Actually, quite nice graphics uh, and, and music, obviously. I don't know how well it plays. I've never played it, but it seems like it's a pretty well put together game uh, developed by Irem. Um, I have no idea how many copies were sold or, or produced or how rare this is out there in the wild, but um, I, I thought you would appreciate this game choice, Zach. Uh, Absolutely. So I, I went with it. It's uh, composer is Hiroshi Ebihara, which apparently he uh, did a lot of Irem songs, well, Irem soundtracks. He was kind of an in house. So, uh, I remember seeing the box art in stores. I remember seeing the box. And uh, uh, the video game, the box looks kind of freaky. It's a weird looking box. Uh, it's a kid with headphones leaning up next to a... It looks like a giant lizard in a jacket and sunglasses and also wearing headphones. Yeah, yeah. that's probably for the movie. Yeah, and then the, the game itself looks nothing like that. <laughs> right. I might have to track this down. This looks cool. Okay, I'm, look, I'm looking at the box art now, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's some box art for you. I don't think that's exactly what the the actual movie looked like, but it's not too far off. Well, the, the movie, movie had poster, even more hideous looking uh, creatures, yeah. if I recall. The so. movie poster has that same looking T-Rex, but he's standing up. Uh, Adventures in Dinosaur City... Fun for the whole family. I don't know. I remember seeing bits and pieces of the kid on TV, and I don't think I ever watched the whole thing. So. Okay. 
Yeah, it's kind of a curiosity, both in terms of its origins and uh, just, I don't know. I I think that the game looks far more appealing than the movie. Absolutely. (laughs) It looks a little bit like that caveman game, that arcade caveman game. Uh, Joe and Mac, was it? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever even seen that in the arcades before. I mean, I've seen pictures of it online and the like, but I... I don't know, I didn't go to arcades much, can I say? Um, well, uh, that was the last game, and uh, unfortunately, Zach, I, I don't think you got any of the games. To, to be no. fair, uh, a lot of it, they were pretty much all a little bit more on the obscure side, so... Uh, but they were all they were all good music, that's, the, that's what's important. Yeah, I mean, this is probably a harder episode for standpoint but you know it's fun stuff and some of it's pretty recent right i mean we got uh two switch games so you know, yeah. i don't know about the, the the super nintendo games were probably harder to find but uh <laughs> uh yeah uh, so zach uh before, before we close out here I, I believe you mentioned that you are uh preparing for a pax east oh panel? i'm not going this year i'm i can't go this year but i am uh writing questions for nintendo air Oh, sweet. Sweet, yeah. So, um, you'll, I'll be there in spirit. Excellent. So, if uh, that's still in Boston, right? It is still in Boston. The reason I'm not going this year is because uh, our, uh, our, we sold our condo and our tax bill is ridiculous. Oh. Uh, well, I, I've only went out there one year. I, and now with the baby, it's like, I, yeah, I'm not going Oh, anywhere. yeah. That'd um, be rough. Well, you're closer to Pack West. I'm not going to that either. I'm not even sure I'm going to go to E3 this year, and that's <laughs> and that's in in the same county as I live. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, every year I say I don't know if I'm going, then I wind up going. But I just I don't know about this year. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was it was very much a zoo last year. Well, they're not letting in as many people, but still a lot. <sighs> it was a zoo. Yeah. No part of it looked fun. I mean, I, I still appreciated playing the games, but just the, the crowds were really... They, they just they had never been like that before. And it, yeah. it, it takes its toll. Just, yeah, I'm not, not saying that, I'm, you know... Yeah, it used to be that we could cut in line more, whatever was media, or they had more, you know, demos or whatever. Just, just walking around, you know? It just It's tough to just to get through from point A to point B when, when there are not that many people. I didn't really mind the waiting in line so much, uh, uh, honestly. It's just the... Just the crowds, period. Yeah, um, shoulder to shoulder everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Zach, thank you very much for co-hosting, and uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm sorry you didn't get more of the games right. Oh, that's all right. That's, I'll do better next time. <laughs> and thank you for having me. This is always always such a pleasure. This is my favorite uh, favorite NW podcast podcast far and wide. Uh, oh, thank you. Even even over my own that I'm not even on very often, Nintendo News Report. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty irregular these days, but, uh, you know, it's good. It's a good, it's a good excuse to, to, you know, visit with you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it just it's not on as much, just makes, makes it more special when it is. Aww. Well, uh, hopefully I will get this out soon, uh, and uh, everyone else can enjoy it, too. If you're listening to this, you already did. So, (laughs) (laughs) goodbye. Bye.
Lonsdale, The Sleeping King is copyright 2017 FDD Entertainment and Castle Pixel. Time the Tasmanian Tiger is copyright 2002 Chrome Studios. Drawlers is copyright 1993 ATOD Design. Mercenary Games Reloaded Edition is copyright 2013 to 2018 Tribute Game. Dino City is copyright 1992 Irem 1991 Smart Egg Pictures.